an episode of the Base Never Die following the funeral, the end of Arsenal title charge. I don't know how I'm feeling, honestly. It feels like it feels like it feels like I've like I've lost something. Like I've been like something's been stolen from me. Like I can't I can't find something that I, I knew I had, like some kind of resurgence, some extra spirit, some kind of perspective, but it's okay. Today I'm joined by Tabani. How are you feeling, sir? You got to watch what many United fans have been, have been predicting all season long. I'm I'm good. I'm feeling good. Um, I'll get into what I thought of the game just now, but I'm feeling good um, that we are where we are. I think finally we got shown levels. Just we got an assessment of the levels. So I think after last night, I'm feeling good. Look, I'm not. I'm never going to come on here and celebrate that Man City won. And I think if Arsenal won, I wasn't going to celebrate either. So it is a bit painful to know that we are nowhere near this. But if we're talking about the game, I'm kind of, I can say that I'm a little bit happier that Arsenal lost, if I'm being honest. But I'm feeling good, man. How are you feeling? <sighs> um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm torn between being super down at the same time, just accepting the reality that City are just better than us. Like, they're better than Arsenal. Like, play, player for player, that is the reality. In, in, in certain matchups, you saw it yesterday. We, could, we couldn't lay a glove on them in the first half. By the time we can see the second goal, the game's already done. Like, afterwards, it's just... I'm tired, man. I'm tired. But at the same time, I'm, I'm proud of the Oaks. I'm trying to keep the perspective of the fact that, you know, at the end of the day, if you told me start of the season, we'd be, we'd be second, we'd have fought and, like, gone toe-to-toe with them for most of the season. I'd have been happy with that. It's, it's, just, it's just the way it's all unfolded. And ultimately, though, and I, and I think I mentioned this before, given the fact that we came into this game having thrown away leads, having been down against Southampton the way we were. We, we did to ourselves. We deserved this. This, this, this. this type of result, this type of punishment, that's exactly what, right, what, my, what my side deserved, unfortunately. You, got, you, you, let, you let things slip. We made it harder for ourselves at every turn. Um, we still employ Rob Holding after he did to us last year. It's our fault, and I, I can hold that much. But I just want to ask you, what, what are your main reflections from what you saw? What, what are the key things that you saw yesterday that really took you, took you back? I think um, the first thing is that I'm going to go out on a limb here. That wasn't a great game. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a game of... We've seen a lot of great games this season and I think in the recent seasons when kind of the match lives up to the billing. I don't think that match lived up to the billing in the sense that the, the only people who were really like, happy were Man City fans. I don't think neutrals love that game. And I'm, I was kind of neutral in that sense. I, didn't, I wasn't sitting there. There were times when I was sitting there and like the group chat was dead. Um, like no one was saying anything. Like, I don't think it was an exciting game. Like, it, wasn't like an, it wasn't end-to-end. It wasn't like a fierce battle. So I think maybe the spectacle, it wasn't the spectacle that it was built up to be. But I think in terms of a performance, like shout out Man City. Because if, I, if they had boxes to tick before kickoff, they ticked them. Uh, yeah. Get, get De Bruyne and Haaland as close to the Arsenal goal as possible. Keep Martinson, Lely and Saka as quiet as possible. Uh, try as your best to nullify the Arsenal midfield from playing through them. And, like, don't concede. Which they did, but I'm saying, like, if you're talking about boxes to tick, if that's on take Pep's little checkboard before they went out, I think they ticked every box yesterday, except for keeping a clean sheet. And they conceded, what, in the 83rd minute? Yeah. Um, and I think the nullification of Martinelli and Saka, who you know I've been very vocal about my praise for them, and I think maybe, I don't think it would have been fair to, to tell them to, to rise up to the occasion. But the fact that they were completely removed from the occasion is so impressive, considering that no one else has done that this season. 
Maybe one has been quiet, but the other did something. But no one else has yeah. said that you guys can say Jack. Yeah, um, like, like I, thought, I thought it was quite tactically impressive what was happening in the first phases of the game. Like you could see the clear plan from both managers. And I think we did, we did an episode at length where we spoke about Arteta. Um, and we'll get, I guess we'll get into the second half. But I think in the first half, I think Arsenal tried to play right. I think there was a period when Arsenal dominated and then from there it was just City domination. But I think the way Arsenal set up to kind of let go of some of their control and domination was the right approach. I do think so. And I, and I think the way the goals happened, I think there needs to be an inquest as to how De Bruyne and Haaland kept getting so much space, like over and over again. Um, I don't want to make Rob holding a scapegoat, but he we was found we, we must, though, to a certain extent. He was found wanting, but I just, I think, was he let down because of his own, I guess, if you speak to uh, Arsenal's tactician, he'll, they'll tell us that, like, it's, he's, if Saliba was there, X, Y, Z would happen. But I think it was more team shape, man. I really do think it was more team shape from the game that I watched. I don't think that Rob Holding was making errors leading to goal. Um, I think he was unfortunate on the last one that he bought bounced off him into Haaland's path. But, like, yeah, so not, not the best game, if I'm honest with you. Not, not a game that we'll be watching for, for, for years. We've seen, like I said, off-air. We've seen, like, Liverpool City games that are breathless, that are literally... Even the, the United City game earlier this year, I'd say was a better game to watch just because of the topsy-turvy nature of this. This felt a little bit too one-sided for such yeah. a big game. So, yeah, that was my thoughts on the game. Yeah. No, look, and I think you, you said it quite well. As much as I'd love to take this time, take the piss out of holding, because it's the easy thing to do, I don't think we win that game if Saliba starts. I don't think it's that simple. I, I think, as, as, as you said, the way, the way Pep set up, he, he, he nullified them. Like, choose, choosing to play Walker in that game against Martinelli, choosing to play Akanji on, on Saka's side, like, the, like, just the physical disadvantage, like, nullifying the physical advantages that our wingers have had over their other opponents in other games. Like, like they, they were set up perfectly for us. They, like, they wrapped us, they wrapped us up in a way where it's just like, you just have to accept that they just have options and, and, and ways of playing that mean there's nothing for you. That they, that they were always going to make sure that they beat us or just make sure that the chances of us beating them were as low as possible. And isn't it crazy how, like... So after the game yesterday, you know who was on TV? Bakary Sanya, right? And I was thinking about how, um, like, when Pep didn't win the league in his first year at City, what was the first thing he did? He got fullbacks. And, like, he revolutionized the way his teams played through the use of his fullbacks. And I feel like, uh, I don't want to shower him with too much praise yet, but like, he's kind of rewriting his own playbook right now. Like, if, if Walker, if Ake didn't get injured, he would have probably started with and we've gone back to that four centre back defensive structure. And like, how crazy is it that you just spoke about like Pep wanting to um, create a physical advantage over Arsenal? Like, that's, ne- that's unheard of. So I think that's what's impressing me most about City turning the corner at this stage of the season. It's like, I feel like the City team that played yesterday, Personnel-wise, was as good as they get right now. Because if they, if the, if any team they come up against, allow them to play the way they want to play with John Stones doing what he's doing and Akanji being able to defend in wide areas, meaning he can play as a right back or left back, um, Gundogan and Rodri like kind of purring and giving De Bruyne space. I feel like that's that's the city that Gary Neville was talking about in January when we were telling him he's a joker. Like he's, he was right. So yeah, I'm just I'm super impressed with how. City have like turned the corner, and I don't think that it was planned. By the way, I think that the Rico Lewis 
era, I'll call it that. That was a failed experiment. Bernardo Silva left back. I think that experiment, experiment had to fail in a sense for them to get, to get here. To the point, yeah. Exactly. And I think shout out to them for trying and failing and then iterating and getting to this point. I think that's where I'll give City a lot of credit because Haaland is Haaland, De Bruyne is De Bruyne, Rodri is Rodri, Edison is Edison. But the guys changing in and around them like have had to step up because of these failed experiments and they've done it. So, But the league's not over yet. It's not over yet. Um, and I'm, yeah, we'll get into that. But the league is not over yet. And I'm, I'm a bit disappointed in Oak saying that it's over because when I check the table, this league's not done yet, man. I don't think so. Look, I, I, think, I think what you're saying is it's great, right? You have this, this one percent perspective and a nuanced way of looking at things. Because right, you're right. You, you wouldn't think that based on how we're speaking that Arsenal is still top of the table, right? Because it doesn't feel that way. Arsenal haven't won a game since what? March. Who it, was it? Leeds it, or Palace? Palace. Yeah. You know, actually, no, I'm I'm wrong. It's uh, Leeds, April first. Yeah. But but when that's the last game that you win, and you go on to perform in the games that you have afterwards, the way we have, it's hard to think from this point on. After we fail ultimately our biggest test, right? And the way we fail that test, that. We're going to go on now and, you know, go out the best way possible. Of course, it's unfair to say that based on like, these results that there won't be a response. The, the side of a serious team, and I'd like to think Arsenal have shown that's what they are this season, is that you bounce back. That means we, we go to Chelsea on Tuesday and we show the fuck up against that terrible, terrible excuse for a football team. But even then, there's, just, there's, there's that sense of inevitability about City right now. Two, two, two games in hand, it's a big ask. It's a big ask to hope that after they show up and they are as impressive as they were yesterday, that suddenly that all fades away and they lose to, what, West Ham, Brighton, Brentford, and maybe, and again, they play that same Chelsea side that I've just been slandering. Like, I, I just don't know where it happens, unfortunately. As much as it's possible, as, as much as it's not completely dusted and isn't, it's not completely finished, but the odds of it are just, it's, it's just not what, a betting man isn't doing that. And I know some degenerate gamblers. <laughs> None of them are putting money in Arsenal in the league right now. It's, uh, the, the gamblers shouldn't. You should. Like, I think the Arsenal fans should. I think it's one thing to say, okay, we would have snapped your hand off to go to the Etihad with a with chance to go clear of City. But, like, if City win their game, their game's in hand. I don't have the maths in front of me. What would they? They'll go, if they, if they caught up now and they won both. They'd be on 79. They'd be four points ahead of you guys, right? Net. Yeah. With yeah. five games to go, I'd want to be four points behind because then anything can happen. Like, anything can happen. And I think, like, I would put my hat on You know how I am. I'm one of the most optimistic guys when we've got a chance. I can rule out, I can rule out Man United quite quickly, but when we've got a sniff, I'll back us to go all the way. If I was four points behind City with five, 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 um, five, games, to five go. games to go, I'm looking at every fixture working out how they can drop points. I think it's a shame Mitrovic isn't playing in the Fulham game. Yeah. Because Fulham exactly. away with Mitrovic would have been no, scary I, I, hours. I, I, I would have said it's okay. Yes. They're not winning that game. But, I, but again, I think, I think it, is, it is those five margins that he isn't there. That, you know, like in the games where we need a favor from someone else that certain players just aren't fit or certain things have happened just beforehand. That, that just mean, no, mate, this isn't happening. Because at this point in time, I don't think anyone else is nullifying City. City have to shoot themselves in the foot. You have to hope that th- this, these ties against Madrid 
take everything out yeah. of them. You if have it's to another hope. if if it's another yeah, one of us, if it's a five five yeah. over two legs, yeah. Yeah, you have to hope they go to the burner bar, get run absolutely ragged, and then turn up against Sean Dyches Everton and drop points. Then they host City again, then play Chelsea. Sorry, they host Madrid again, then play Chelsea, and they lose there. Then they play Bright. You know, like you need a lot of luck. It's a lot of yeah. We live in a world of hypotheticals, and that's never a good place to be in when it's when you're up against City. Just imagining that somewhere along the line they'll drop points. City haven't lost since Feb, mate. And it's against Tottenham. Tottenham have changed coaches twice since then. <laughs> <laughs> they might do it again before the end of the season. At this rate. It's, 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 a, it's a different world. It's a different yeah. world. Yeah. You know, Chelsea have changed coaches twice since that time too. It's, 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 it's so much like hope. And it's hope against hope. You're, trying to, like, you're just imagining that something will happen that hasn't happened in months. Mm. But you're right. I guess... It's not done. It's not that, yeah, and, you, it's... and you have to believe until the end. And ideally, ideally, we respond in a way that says, you know what, it wasn't just like a good run of home or anything. Like we've been, we've genuinely been unreal this season. It's just sad the way. Well, yeah, it happened. It's got, it's just, mate, it is soul destroying. Because, what do you, what do you, you know, like I, I, I rewatched the game, right? I rewatched it, and I've, I've taken the time to, you know, truly make it make sense in my head. You know that, like the Bruins scores in the first five minutes. That that goal, bottom like bottom that, that happens in the first five minutes of the game, and just before like everyone will remember the finish, we are pressing them like no like we we're doing everything we're meant to be doing. They they play it out one long ball. Haaland takes it down while being pulled back by Holding with everything Holding has. He takes it down. De Bruyne takes three touches and puts it in the bottom corner. There's not much you could do, really. Like it it just happened. Like in like quality tells. And I think I think that's the most frustrating part that you you want to believe your team is you know the super team, but it's you're up against a pep side. As annoying as that is to say out loud. I can okay. Allow me to be a bit not contrary and not edgy, but I think what let me down with Arsenal, and I know Vu Malcolm was saying on the group a few things about Arteta, but I think it's just the team's approach. And I, I just, I can't shake this whole thing about they're a young side. And I get youth and inexperience are linked. And obviously it's not a one-to-one relationship. But I think um, what disappointed me was the fact that like Arsenal, and I said in the group, Arsenal lost the occasion. Mm. The golf, it wasn't a game where you watched and said the golf and quality between these two sides is massive. That was not a, City did not win that game because they had more quality. They just knew how to win that game and kept doing the same things and exploiting weaknesses. And like they were set up to win that game. Whereas Arsenal, it just felt like after things went wrong, after De Bruyne scored, they just, it never looked like, I didn't see a single Arsenal player who was playing like they believed they could win the game. And, and, I've, and the only reason I'm highlighting that is because I've seen earlier this season, when, when we went down to City at Old Trafford, it looked like United wanted to win that game. Now I can remember that. I can remember that performance very vividly. And I've seen... Like, we've seen Oli go to the Etihad and shithouse a win because you play for the occasion. Like, we've, uh-huh. we've won, man. How many Manchester derbies have you seen United win in recent years? Mourinho's won, a couple of Ollies, where United played, like, dog shit. But they won the occasion. They won the battles. They won, like, they, they, did, they silenced the crowd when there was one. Like, they, yeah. they did the things. They, they, they backed each other up. They, they won fouls in the opposition half. Like, they did things to, to, to stop City. I didn't see anyone from Arsenal doing anything to stop City in their in their groove, in their rhythm. And I think heads, like, heads, you could see heads dropping. I mean, even Saka, so that little, not Saka, Shaka and Grealish, like, 
I feel like if Arsenal are winning that game, he does a lot worse than like give Grealish a headlock. But that even felt a bit timid on on um, on Shaka's part. So I feel like they just lost out at the occasion. And if maybe maybe it's just a case of like, um, do they believe that they're them or not? Because when you're eight points clear, when in Feb was it Feb? Yeah. Then it's like if you're eight points clear in, in February, and everyone who has a little bit of credibility is saying. Oh, Arsenal are going to falter. Oh, they don't, have it. they don't have what it takes to go all the way. Maybe you start believing it. And I saw a report last week that someone, the sources closest to Arsenal say that last week was the first time they heard anyone mention um, City's title run or how, how good their form has been. So maybe it's just like that element of like, you look in a room and it's like, um, and I look to my left and I look to my right and I say, well, I don't, I'm young. I don't feel like I should be the guy. You look next to you and there's another guy who's just as young as you. And you look to your right, and there's another guy who's not uh, who's not him, who's not experienced. Mm. And and Gary Neville called Arzinchenko saying that team talk against Southampton was a bluff. I kind of believe him now. I kind of believe him now because Zinchenko won. Not Zinchenko is a leader at Arsenal, but he didn't. None of what City, none of City's success was because of Zinchenko's leadership. And don't show me that team talk he gave in that all or nothing or whatever, whatever <laughs> that documentary. Like, no, so look, it, you can't give Zinchenko that kind of credibility purely because he was never a mainstay in the side. Yes, but he, and still has, he still has quality, right? And yes, hundred percent. How we play. Yes, yeah. and I'm saying, I'm not taking any way, anything away from Zinchenko, but you can't you can't call the team in for a handle when you tunnel down and then cost the third goal against Southampton. Like that's not you can't do that. You can't get hooked in the 75th. Uh, um, you can't get hooked in the 75th or whatever mm. uh, in that same game. So I think now it's a case of like, I don't think I don't think that I think the the team, your team is mentally strong enough to bounce back and um, kind of work out a way to finish the season. But I think how, I just don't know how they get over this hump. Because if you don't win the league this season, what is going to give you the confidence to go to any league leader next season needing a win and like play your game? That's what I'm concerned about. Yeah. Look, I, I hope above all else that we just see some changes in terms of how we set up. We've been we've been too poor at the back for too long. Okay. I think we've conceded twelve goals in three games. Or something yeah. crazy that. Like it, it's not, not in three, but you get my point. Like we, we just haven't kept a clean sheet since March against Fulham. Um before then we conceded two against Bournemouth. Like we we've we've been leaky for quite a while. Like there, there's lots of issues that I think have been exposed at the club as a whole. It's like since Saliba's injury. Like, we, we'd been, we've been skating and getting away with a lot of things for quite some time. Like, the belief, the youth, all the other elements that you mentioned are, are all factors, of course. But, you know, we've, we've, we've been needing to make some kind of change in the same way that Pep has adapted and found different ways for City to play. We've been playing pretty much the same, regardless of whether or not everyone's fit or not. Or, you know, and it's, and it's been to our, det- to our detriment. Like, the way we handled Xhaka being out against Southampton, playing Fabio Vieira instead. Like, just, it's, it's small things. It's about the margins. But, yeah, mate. Um, honestly, honestly, I, I think I'm just grateful that in the midst of all of that, that Chelsea also lost. You know, it's, it's nice when you can take some, you can, you, can, you can take some joy in other people's misery. And I'm glad that some things won't ever change. Are we going to acknowledge our miss? With regards to? Frank. What, what's the miss? That he couldn't do worse than... I feel like we all literally said Frank could not... Get, like, things couldn't get worse for Chelsea at that point. After getting knocked out by Madrid, everything yeah, would be the, fine. 
but, and, and everything is clearly not fine. You say not fine. They haven't moved league positions. I said as long as they don't get relegated, it's fine. That's the that's the goal. Keep keep Chelsea up. Chelsea are in a relegation battle. I was right now. I, I, they they I haven't reached the forty a, point mark. I had them in a conference league race, mate. Oh no, that's you. I I, I, I said when you argued with Toby, I said as long as they don't, they don't go down, they're fine. And as it stands, you know they're one point away from safety. One point from forty points, they're all good. <sighs> that, that's, not... what be, that's what they should be focused on. Honestly, they, 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 I think they're like six points behind Fulham in tenth. Like they are, they, they, are hoping to, they're hoping to finish eleventh. Provided Frank keeps them there, I think that's that's a, that's a job well done. The, the, the team they played yesterday, I'm not saying I watched that game, but I'm seeing a front three of Kante, Gallagher, and Sterling. I don't know, man. I don't know. It doesn't seem like. It doesn't seem like that was good viewing. Yeah, I don't know what they're cooking that side. Just sorry, on your, on your point about um, goals conceded, I mentioned I feel like I'm Gary Neville's biggest fan right now. And I am. I'm a massive Gary Neville fan. But he did make, like, he did make another good point a couple of Gary Neville podcasts ago when he said, like, Arsenal have to stop conceding goals. And it's reached a stage where now, you know, you've conceded more than United this season. Yeah. Like, that's, that took me back. And I, 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 I thought about it. I was like, is that possible? I was like, no, because their goal difference is so good. So it can't be. They can't have conceded more than that. But, like, you've conceded more than United. And I think it's just the consistent, like, inability to keep a clean sheet. Yeah. And what I, the question I have for, like, an Arsenal fan, and you can share your perspective, is, like, when you are, when you are looking at the run-in, who were you counting on to like get you get you by? When you saw the was it West Ham, Southampton, Liverpool? When you saw those fixtures coming up, like who were you like? Okay, other than Saliba, who's gonna get us through? Because I'm hoping your answers lead me to the the next question I want to ask you. Um, I, I think we've been too, like as I said before, too light on like the one way of playing. So in games like the game against Liverpool, Kieran Tierney is meant to be playing that game, mate. When you when you played that same game at the Emirates, we didn't play Zinchenko. Like, we were aware of the fact that, you know, there's the threat of Salah. We played Tommy Yasuo at left back. Like, we played an actual defender, someone who's there, whose job is to ensure that the other wing doesn't get a sniff. Salah got subbed off at the Emirates. I don't think people remember that. Like, he, he, was, he actually got bolted up. Like, there was nothing. There was nothing Mo Salah did in that 3-2. I think, I think we've been too focused on playing, like, this one way all the time, which is a wonderful thing, right, when you win the games, right? That you, your, your game model is so good that, doesn't matter who you play, week in, week out, you can do exactly what you set out to do on the training pitch. I think we've kind of failed to adapt to the fact that you can't do that in every single instance. In certain games, you need to adapt to your opposition as well. It can't just be that you're looking at the game like your way. I think Kieran Tierney has been massively misused. I think we paid the price for it. I think the fact that Zinchenko ends up being completely culpable for Liverpool's equaliser when you play them at Anfield, that's, you know, that can't be ignored. I think the fact that, again... You know, Zinchenko doesn't... Look, it's not like he fucked up against, against City. I'm not going to blame that on him at all. But I think fa- failing to adapt to the fact that City do have certain advantages against us, like not making any kind of changes to try and mitigate against that, is kind of lazy because Pep, Pep made changes. Like, in this, like the, thing, the thing we spoke about right, right at the start, the fact that Walker finally gets a start up against the pacey left winger in Martinelli. It's, it's, it's small things like that that I think Pep always does that I haven't seen I tend to do enough of. You know, like, things that give you, like, incremental advantages. And we didn't do any of that. You know, there, there's no point in time where you think Zinchenko might burst through on the counter and create an opportunity. Like we, like, we left ourselves, like, devoid of options. The moment Martinelli 
is is having an off game. Saka is completely bodied by Kanji. It's just like who who's actually there? We make the change to bring on Trossard a bit too late. Jesus hasn't. To the sound of the ears, you could argue that maybe he shouldn't have started, or that he shouldn't have started like up front alone because you know I saw shots. With City, uh, you know, like, like playing the way they are, you end up with Jesus dropping far too deep or drifting out wide, and there's absolutely nothing in terms of like a direct goal threat. And the fact that Trotter ends up being involved in the only goal that we do score kind of points to the fact that like we might have kind of fucked up in like relying on this tried and tested way of playing for, for, for a bit too long. Like the fact that against Southampton, we get, we get our goals late on after Trotter has come on, after Reese Nelson has come on. You know, like, often Katie's come on. Like, after we've, like, made changes to try and, you know, meet our opposition where they are, as opposed to just trying to impose our way of playing. Like, we, we, so, like, like we tell ourselves in the foot, is what, I, is what I believe fundamentally, that we didn't give ourselves the best opportunity because we didn't really try and adapt. We kind of just trusted that we would, we would be enough because we've been enough throughout the season, even though the team we're playing right now isn't that same team. So, so the reason I'm asking my question is... Like, how good do you think your squad is? Because, and I say this, and let me just give the listeners context. I don't think there's been a single rival fan as complimentary of Arsenal as I have been this season. I don't that think was, there is one. That was I've, Arsenal's players. <laughs> hey? That was Arsenal's players. No, it's not once then, but like, I've, I'm a big fan of your manager, you know that. But yeah. like, Arsenal have been purring at, stage of the season, at stages of the season. I think... Even when we beat you guys, you guys played better than us. And, I, we'll, yeah, maybe I'll keep that point aside. But, like, I've been a big fan of Arsenal this season. But I think now, not just because you lost to City in this manner, but, like, how I'm asking how good is your squad? Because when you talk about, like, taking out Ake getting injured and bringing in Walker, like, uh, the ability to have Laporte not even in a title, like, not even feature Laporte and have Diaz and Stones, Akanji goes to left back and they've still got options. Um, like, Mario scored a hat-trick on the weekend and didn't even feature. Like, in terms of your squad depth, like, when, and it goes back to that point I made about Ateta being a plan A manager. Like, who did you look at on the bench that was going to come on and change that game? And, that, and I'm not asking for an answer now, but I'm saying, like, even in your starting lineup, like, I'm not Gabriel's biggest fan. Like, I don't think, I think he, he's been good next to Saliba, which is not, it's not a criticism at all, but I'm saying, when Holding comes in the team, did you look at Gabriel and expect him to step up? Because I didn't. When Zinchenko was having a tough time defensively, did you expect him to step up and get better defensively? I didn't. Shaka, Shaka. I'm, I'm, I like Shaka in this system, but like, I don't think he has any other game than the one he's been doing. Mm. Odegaard gets a ton of responsibility on him, and we know how that position works in games. Sometimes you're just out of the game, and you can't affect the game. So a lot of spotlight will be shone on him because he gave the, way, the ball away against Southampton and against Man City, but like, I just don't look at the Arsenal squad and say, you know that classic saying of like, they're two or three players from being X. Yeah. Even Ramsdale. Like, Ramsdale will win you games. He won you the Liverpool game. Oh, no. Well, well he, he kept, yeah, yeah, yeah. He kept yeah. you guys in the game. He got you the draw. He won you a draw. Yeah. But like yesterday, could he have done better on some of the goals? Yeah, maybe he could. Because I've seen us go to the Etihad and get peppered with chances and lose a game 2 1 because of De Gea. Mm. That, but then De Gea will make an error leading to goal the next week. So I just want to know from you, like, how good do you think your squad is? Do you think your squad has overperformed to get to where they are now? Or is this their level? And if City pull away, it's still a reflect. Is the gap between Arsenal and the rest of the pack as good, as big as it is now, do you think? 
it gap between Arsenal and, and, and everyone else. I don't think it is. I think the gap between us and Liverpool is as big as the, the league table would suggest. I think I think Liverpool are two times away from being right back up there with us next season. Um, I think United are quite quite far away. Um, but but to actually answer the first question you asked, how how good is the squad? Our squad isn't amazing. It, like, it isn't like holistically. Um, I think I think the fact that the moment you have an injury to, I think we've just been very fortunate that it hasn't happened. In a world where Odegaard had gotten injured, I think our talent probably falls away a lot sooner. I don't think we have a plan B for that specific scenario because I, I I think then we're relying on we're relying on Smith Rowe potentially stepping up and we're hoping he does something or Trossard in a different role. Like like they are they are massive gaps. Like when you say did I think Gabriel would step up? No, I didn't. Did I think Zinchenko would? No, I'm I'm I've been famously against Zinchenko in certain games. I don't think he should be starting big away games. Again, that that game you mentioned where we lost to United at Old Trafford, I think Zinchenko is fairly culpable for that. Um, like th- there are just certain things that need to be ironed out. The squad isn't complete, and I, I think that, I think ultimately the one source of perspective Arsenal should keep in mind is that start of the season top four would have been seen as, as a success That's and you nice. secured it last night so congratulations uh, uh, fuck you <laughs> don't, don't, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I'm not no, I'm dapping I'm dapping bro <laughs> I'm dapping I was kind of hoping that would happen later in the season when you guys are like really sad and then I was like oh but at least you qualified for Champions League but I had to throw that in there uh, uh, uh. I'm laughing like my team is safe, but anyways. <laughs> but yeah, like I think the, the gaps in the squad holistically are still there. Like when I when like 110, I think that's that's clear to see. Um, and honestly, I think that's why at the start of the season when 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 I was saying that Arsenal win a title win a title race, everyone made it with like so much skepticism. It was just like how how are you in a title race with these players, mm. and, you know, like like who's gonna step up? Because up until this point. Um, Martinelli had never had a season as good as the season he's had. We hadn't seen, you know, Odegaard reach the levels he's shown us this season. Xhaka in the in this like freer role, you know, has like been much less reliability than he's been in any other season. Like we've had, we've had players make these massive these massive steps, these massive leaps forward in the development. We didn't know how reliable Reese Nelson would be because he hadn't actually been fit and like properly part of squad in a long time, and he has contributed. To, like to us, like massively, Partey had never been fit as many times and as consistently as he's been for us this season. There's so much that we required to go right in order for our season to be what it's been, and ultimately, you can say it's fallen apart at the end because of the squad, because we don't actually have, um, yes. because we don't actually have Saliba fit. Now it's impossible that we could have beaten City. It's it's like it's it's small things like that. It's just like realistically, because you know, over the course of the season. Players get injured. Players get suspended. Players miss key games. The idea that the squad we had at the start was it enough? It wasn't. It wasn't. You wouldn't have said that. It was always going to have been a miracle—not a miracle season, but like it, it was a massive accomplishment. The fact that we were top as long as we've been top, it still is, because you know when you when you look at how that game like plays out, it's just like the best team in the league. Maybe not performance-wise, but definitely in terms of like all-round quality, is City. Like that was the big bad. That it was who we're going up against. City weren't thinking at the start of the season we're going up against Arsenal. 
yeah. even when City were out of form, the thought was Arsenal, like we have City in mind. People were saying City are going to catch you guys. Like Haaland's broken the all-time goal-scoring record now <laughs> in a 38 Premier League game season. And sorry, thank you for bringing up uh, my boy. Um, I guess, yeah, just to close on City and Arsenal, uh, Erling Haaland, like, I think this season has kind of been a reflection about what he's about. He's about numbers. He's about getting the ball in the back of the net. And, like, there have been improvements in his build-up play and his ability to link play. But at the end of the day, like, to break that record in the number of games in his first season at his age, that's unheard of. Did you see the names on that list that, of the top goal scorers in the 38-game season? Did you see the names? Yeah. He has no business being there at that age. And I think, like, we, I think we all went through that phase this, this season where we were like, oh, Haaland's amazing. He's going to score every game. And then it's like, oh, wait, City don't actually play that well when Haaland's playing. But that's when City were kind of being weird. Now when they stop being weird and like yesterday at times it genuinely felt like they were playing 2v4 because I don't think Grealish played that well yesterday. I think he did his defensive job quite well but Grealish didn't have a good game and it genuinely felt like City were playing 2v4 at sometimes like just De Bruyne and Haaland go mess that back four up and they, they got through so many times and Haaland had so many chances so I've kind of turned the corner with him. I'm now team Haaland not team Haaland over Mbappe or Haaland over Vini mm-hmm. but I am team Haaland. I'm in his camp. Um you saw my Ballon d'Or prediction on the group, but I'll just put it on the pond just for, for record keeping. In case, in case of emergency, break glass uh, in case of an emergency. But this is my hot take. I think if, if Man City win a treble and Haaland gets a European golden boot, a European golden boot for Haaland probably involves him having uh, the most goals and assists combined because he'll just keep scoring. If he wins Man City their first ever treble, Finishes, breaks the Premier League record, finishes as a top scorer in Europe. That's Ballon d'Or level stuff. And I'll leave it there. We'll break this glass when we need to. Because if we need to, best believe, best believe, I will come back to this. So that's, yeah, I just wanted to make sure my Haaland take is captured. But shout out Erling, man, because I feel like it could have been easy for him to, not, I wouldn't say stop scoring, but to persist as persist with this idea that he could be the problem and try to change his game and try to be more involved with build-up and respond to his critics, where I just feel like he just keeps playing his game. And you can kind of see his intensity as well. I don't know if you picked that up. I saw it in the buy and tie. Uh, not that I want to talk about that, but... Um, <laughs> we will have like, to it at some point, though. Yeah, when we do a season review, I hope. Um, but, like, I saw he's just intense. Like, he, he loves winning duels. He loves making opponents frustrated. So he runs to fetch the ball when City win a penalty. He's in people's faces. He got celebrated when Upamakano got that red uh, that, was, that was rescinded. But, like, he's just... He, he, you're watching someone who believes he's that guy and he's continuing to prove he's that guy. And that's genuinely how you become, like, an all-time great. So, yeah, shout-out, Harlan. That's my special mention for the week. No, fair enough, fair enough. But uh, with that being said, I think we should round up with the prediction for the rest of the season. Um, Zabani, I think you can lead us here. Top four? Are you doing it or not? Oh, we have to now. I think <laughs> there's no better time to play Spurs. Oh, yo, I've just jinxed Man United. But if we beat Spurs, then I genuinely think Liverpool are a bigger threat to top four than Spurs. Because then Liverpool play Spurs this weekend and could leapfrog them. No, no they have... right, right now, Liverpool ahead of Spurs. Like, I you just see, said. <laughs> so, if we, we just need to get the job done against Spurs, and I think we need like a few more wins. I don't see Newcastle winning every game between now and the end of the season. Uh-huh. So, 
I will go first place, Man City. Okay. Arsenal second. United third. Newcastle fourth. Um, no, nothing for Aston Villa. There's no way they do this. Too many games played. To get into what? I don't know. Late, Beha- temp, late top four charge? Impossible. Behave yourself. Behave yourself. Hey, amen. Amen. Behave yourself. No, Same shout out Emery. Happen. Shout out Emery, but I mean, Fulhamor wants that position. Now look at Fulhamor. These things, <laughs> these, things come, these things come and go. <laughs> it would be good for Villa to get into Europe, though. How sick would that be? Emery in Europe again with Aston Villa. I, I hope um, they get the Europa League slot. That would be nice. Um, I hope Brighton get nothing. I'm now anti-Brighton. We are, just to give the, the listeners context, big Deserby fan, big fan of Brighton as a football club until I saw that stupid comment from Deserby after the game talking about how they deserve to win that semi-final. So I hope, I hope Brighton get nothing out of this season. That's just me. Um, but yeah, that's my top four and yours. Um, no, I think our top four is uh, more or less the same. I, I think Newcastle might finish ahead of you guys though. Purely, like, it might be on goal difference though because you guys are actually handling a major injury crisis. And your fixtures aren't that simple. It's you still disgusting. have to play Brighton again. You play West Ham again. You play a fighting Bournemouth. You know, like, those are all away games, by the way. Like, I don't know. I, I, think, I think you guys just have enough room to drop points that makes me think that Newcastle might just edge it. I don't think it would mean that overall Newcastle were the third best side in the league this season because that's not that wasn't the case. Like, we saw them. There were, there were multiple dull patches that we saw them have. But, yeah, I, I think that they genuinely have a shot at finishing any of you guys. And I think that they will. At the very least, the gap won't be, like, larger than two points. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I still want to have a, a discussion about how good they really are. But, yeah, if they keep on winning and keep putting in performances like they are, then I guess, yeah. They may, they may deserve to finish ahead of us. But um, what I wanted to then ask you is your FA Cup winner. Manchester City. Oh, come on. You don't even give us a chance. No. Why, why not? Why not? <laughs> because I, I, I think the fact that you guys somehow managed to hoodwink your way into that win against them at Old Trafford, where, where, where we know for a fact Rashford is offside. He is, he is interfering with play, and they give that goal anyway. I think that will have left a bit of taste in, in, in their mouths. I think, I think they're coming back into that game saying, we can, we can write that wrong. They, and ultimately, they'd be, they're playing for a triple. Right, or at, least, at the very least, the basic double. I think that they really, really want that win. And I, I just don't, I don't know if you guys will have everything sorted by then. I don't. I, I think Martinez is out for the end of, until the end of the season. Yeah. I think, I think, I think there's just too much going against you guys at that moment in time. I think you, you will have fully exerted yourselves just getting to top four. I, I don't know how you guys had, had, would pull it out the bag. You, you just United, and somehow in big games, you guys can step up. I just think I've seen, I've seen too much vulnerability from you guys this season to think that it won't show itself again when that time comes, especially against this city. Fair. I just think, like you said, a title running and a Champions League charge. Uh, a week before the Champions League final is when you start thinking about racing folks for the Champions League final. Um, and I just think they, they play more games than us between now and then, which means we'll have a little bit more recovery time little less pressured games and like the, like what we said about Arsenal like just we're going to play the occasion man Wembley Man City Manchester Derby final watch this space that's all I'm saying that's all I'm saying so you think City are going to the final I think City are steamrolling Madrid 
I think yeah, I don't give I don't give Madrid a sniff in this tie. Um, I think last season they 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 used the stars aligned perfect for uh, perfectly for them. They like used all the juju they needed to. That was the perfect Champions League under not even underdog. That was a perfect Champions League run. That cannot happen again, right? It's not that those things don't happen again. You cannot win two Champions Leagues in the same way. I think this City team have improved. I think the difference is now that City have a guy who's going to finish um, finish the chances that they create. Not that not if he finishes like he was last night, but like they've got they've got they're a different team as well because they outplayed Real Madrid last season. That's what like they outplayed them over a tie in two thirds. They just fell apart in the most important time in the tie. So I don't think that happens again with this group of players. I don't. This I'm genuinely not giving um, Madrid a sniff. See, my, my thing is, I think Madrid are more capable of keeping themselves in this tie than they were than they were last season. I think that, provided Ancelotti makes the right decisions, and I think he will. I I trust in his, his selection process. I I think he he has all the tools in like in that squad to ensure that they don't get dominated the, the same way they did last season. I don't think that they have any new secret weapon or anything that's gonna that's gonna like like pull them out the fire, but ultimately, if you play to the occasion, quality tells, right? Like if you if you're able to like to mitigate the risks that certain players bring when you when you come up against them, you know you you give yourself a chance, and I think Madrid have more than enough quality to show up in that game and to beat them. I don't think, I don't think they're gonna, like there's no world where Madrid beat City four 0 right? It doesn't matter what happens. That's not that's not what's going to happen in this tie. I think we can agree on that. Whereas it's more likely that City could show up and do that. But I don't think they will. I, I, I think they have more than enough in them. To, to ensure that, like, that, that, that will be a tight game. To, to say steamrolled, mate, you are disrespecting the Champions League side. That doesn't happen to Real Madrid. They don't get steamrolled. Like, like, which game could you even refer to? Which Champions League game could you, like, do you remember? Where have you ever seen that happen? I just think, well, you talk about secret weapons. There's, no, there's a not-so-secret weapon at Man City called Erling Haaland. I think it's, it's, he, will, he has it in him to be the point of difference in this time. And I think he will be the point of difference because you make some valid points, but is Madrid defensively stronger than last season? Yes or no? Probably not. Are Madrid stronger in midfield this season? Probably yes. Mm-hmm. Are they stronger categorically in attack than last season? Yes. 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 I, I, I think this is the first time that Madrid could genuinely look to, towards, and it's going to sound ridiculous to say out loud, towards someone like Asensio. This is the first it's time. Okay, yeah, no. just sorry. Side note: no, It's ridiculous because no, no. you're a hater. That's all. Yes, no, no, and I and I stand on that. But my point is, in this season, he's he's shown a little consistency and like he's been reliable in a way he's never been before. Like Madrid do have more genuine options than they did this time last season, just because Asensio at this moment in time is capable of showing up in games like this. That wasn't the case before. You have you have the goal De Bruyne scored last night in the first seven minutes. Yeah. I, if if they they'll do that to Madrid, but like win if, the game this time. If Tony Cruz is playing one hundred and ten percent, if Chouamani plays that game now, hey man. But yeah, I don't think I. I genuinely maybe it's because I'm mesmerized. I, I did a whole soliloquy on City earlier, but I don't think they lay a glove on these Oaks. I genuinely don't think. I think Madrid 
lose the tie. Not I don't think the way Bayern lost the tie, but like I mean Bayern played didn't too play didn't play too badly in either tie. But City cleaned them clean like cleaned them up. I just don't see how By, I don't Bayern. know what I don't know what Madrid do. Remember, okay, let's be brutally honest. Bayern just odd Madrid. 100%, but let's be brutally honest. Madrid didn't win that tie. City lost the tie. City lost the tie themselves in the last couple of minutes. That's what happened, guys. Let's just be Mm -hmm. brutally honest. And shout out to Madrid. They did it. They beat PSG. They beat uh, Chelsea. They beat City. And then they beat Liverpool. Like, shout out. You don't go on a run like that again. It just doesn't happen. It just doesn't yeah, but, happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah but the, the game, this run isn't like that. It's just City that they need to beat here. Oh yeah, because the final's a cakewalk. There you go. They don't need. They don't need to be the same Madrid as last season. They need to beat City. That's it. That is the big game. That is the big bad. Beat the team you beat last season, and you guys are more assured. You know what they are. You know where the dangers are. They are. They aren't as dynamic. You know, there's, there's, there's sure, sure, without a doubt, there's Highland playing like something we we haven't seen before. You've got K- KDB in perfect form, like they have all the ingredients to do it, right? It's not ridiculous to suggest that City, that City are going to the Champions League. I think that it makes the most sense that they would, but I wouldn't bet against Madrid. In in the European competition, I'm never betting against Madrid. As as United fan, you should have an appreciation for heritage. There's no reason Sevilla won one other than the fact that they Sevilla. That's the only thing knocked you guys out. You just had to get that severe game in, didn't you? Oh, yes, 110%. We, 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 we skirted on past and acted like it didn't happen. You guys got trounced by, by a team that has, I think, had three coaches this season. <laughs> I, name I, another I, team. Name another team that loses both of their best centre-backs in that time. It's ridiculous. And has yeah. to bring on McGuire. No. It's, it's, su- okay. it's such a shame that your defence went through an injury crisis. It must be so difficult to deal with. Okay, this is a proper injury crisis, though. Not this, not this Mickey Mouse injury of like. yours. Mickey Mouse Honest. injury? You, it's one guy. You lost one guy. The guy that comes up for you guys is an 80 million pound centre-back. He's an 80 million uh, Zim dollar quality player. <laughs> but anyways, this is not about United. I am going to go against the grain, and I will. You said you will never bet against Madrid in Europe. I didn't think I would, but this year... I've seen enough evidence to... I think if Madrid showed me more in La Liga, I've been so adamant that like they've been so mediocre in La Liga this season. The fact that they're letting this Barca side walk away with the title is not spoken about enough. Yeah, I think I, I need to start speaking look, about it. You, you want to decide about it, right? That same Barca side in Europe, we're in nowhere. They, they weren't better than Inter Milan. We beat them. That's my point. So as and you're letting them walk away with La Liga. Look, it happens. It happens. It, like... Like the, the reasons why it happened, I still don't think I fully understand. Maybe there isn't like a, a, a consistent enough way of playing that means week to week there's a consistency, right? But ultimately, it hasn't mattered that they've been so mediocre in La Liga because when the Champions League music hits, Madrid show up. They play the occasion. They play better in those games than in any La Liga game. The level at which they play at, like when they play Champions League game, is it's higher. It's not the same team. It really isn't the same team. Cavajal can't stay fit week to week for La Liga games. Vasquez plays it right back or Militao will play it right back and lots of crazy things happen and they always link to a right back. But the reality is when they play Champions League games, Cavajal shows up and he's fine and he's fit and he can play a full, full 90 minutes somehow, some way. 
Tony Cruz realistically shouldn't still be at Madrid next season. He shouldn't be. There's, there's rumors about him. There've been rumors about him retiring or being his final season for the past two years. Yet somehow in a Champions League game, he shows up. It doesn't look like he should be retiring yet. It doesn't matter that there's the, like domestic form, all the things. It don't matter to Madrid in Champions League games. They don't. Like Barcelona, Barcelona steamrolling La Liga, and they and they're so good and everything else, and they don't concede. United beat them, and I wasn't shocked that they beat them. I fully expected United to beat Barcelona, and they did. I been I won money from that game, from that tie, because I knew that Barcelona weren't going to do it. I hear you. Like I don't think that you've made a single irrational point. I genuinely don't. I just I've decided to stick with my guns. That's all that's happening here. But I also stuck with my guns with Bayern, and yeah, we know how that worked. <laughs> so maybe you should be willing to to switch it up just a little bit more. Maybe that's nah. what you should do. Yeah, I'm all in. Okay, if that's if that's the case, we'll 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 leave that there. The last thing I think we should touch on, the Milan derby, the final one at the San Siro. What are your predictions? Now, now you talk about an occasion worth playing, mate. We're both we're both Milanistas here, so I don't think we can we do we don't need to hide it. I'm Milan all the way. Uh-huh. I think, like I sent the message, the Napoli League game changed so much in terms of Milan's perception of themselves and the rest of the season. And I think other teams' perceptions too. I think sometimes you win. I think it was, it was less about the result and just more about like, okay, cool. Milan actually aren't an easy team to face. Uh-huh. And they actually do have dangerous guys. And if they do turn it on, they can beat us. And I think Inter will be worried about that. I think Inter will know that Milan can beat them. And I think Milan know that Inter can beat them. But I think it's different from like a... If Napoli win that league tie and then they go into the Champions League tie and get over... Um, they don't go into the Champions League. They don't go into the, the, the match against Milan. Talking about Napoli, yeah? Thinking Milan can beat them. And I think that changes their approach. The minute they started accepting that Milan can beat them, I think that changed everything along with the Ossiman injury. So mm. I think it's, it's either team can win and both teams believe they can win. So I genuinely think it'll be like, and you and I are big Serie A fans. Like, you know, on that Sunday night, like, I feel like there's a big game every week. But that, like, proper end-to-end, like, just two, t- two teams going at it. And whoever, that will be a game where whoever shows up will deserve to go through, 100%. If, if Milan decides to be serious and they turn up over the two legs, then they deserve to go through. If, if we lose to Inter because Inter showed up and Lukaku thinks he's him, Fair plays, they can do it. But I'm going Milan all the way. And I think, yeah, whoever wins that tie loses the final quite badly, to be honest. It, it sounds ridiculous, but I genuinely think if Milan plays City, they win that every time. You said Inter yeah. were going to do that. Whoever City play, that's like... <laughs> I just, there's a part of me that, that, just, that just thinks that it's, it's slightly plausible that, nah. that it, it pans out this way. I misspoke when I said that, in, that, that Inter would do it. Inter can't beat City. There's nothing. There's nothing. Back three. It's a lie. It's a lie. Bastoni. Back three. Look, I, I love, I love Bastoni. I, I love what Inter have done for themselves this season. It's been great for Syria as a whole. Um, having watched Inter week to week and watched them flounder consistently and find new ways to be underwhelming. Like, they're sixth, mate, right now. I, I I can't imagine that 
I think Pep would retire. I think he'd stop coaching. I'm Milan fifth. Dude, we're fourth, mate. We're fourth. Okay, we're fourth. We're fourth. You're nothing into young. They've lost 11 games. <laughs> <laughs> I watched them lose on 11 different weekends. I just, that, yeah. That, that, I, like, they, they just don't strike me as like, they're not, they're not formidable. They don't, they don't feel super defensively resolute. They haven't been as great going forward. Lukaku scored, I think, maybe five goals. This is like in the league this season. Like, and two of them came this past weekend, by the way. Um, like, I, I just, there, there aren't enough goals in that side for me to think that they've, they've got enough about them. They're not as good defensively as they once were. Skriniar has been injured, like, for most of the season. They, they, have, they have too many holes. There are too many holes in them for me to think that they're going to get, like, they could get to a final and just find that extra gear. Because fundamentally, quality also does tell at a certain point in time. And I don't think that they have enough to go up against City specifically. Like, the teams on the other side of the bracket just say to me, it's not, it's not Entesia. Whereas, because Milan can beat and have beaten that Napoli side twice, th- there's, there's just something there, man. There's something, like, it's, like if, if Milan gets the final, and I really hope they do, I don't think they get to that final and get trounced. I think that they get to that game and they compete at the very least, against, regardless of who it is that they face. Like, they're not, they're not getting to that final losing 3-0. I think Inter, I think Inter could get to the final and genuinely catch five. <laughs> well, I think regardless, I think so. We so we both got Milan, right? We both got yeah. Milan going through. Yeah, and yeah, yeah I but, think... but but I do have a look a goal for five goal Romelu Lukaku in one of the legs. Oh God! Yeah, I do, I do, I do. Or just a goal involvement. He 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 he'll leave there with something. Lukaku as will tell as... his kids about about that game and say, as long you know, as he gets was... Giroud off pins, then I'm fine. Yeah. Ideally, so who do you want but to regardless, sail we Milan really to the have... final, we will be there. <laughs> and this has been another episode of The Base Never Die, lads. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back with more very, very soon. Peace.